Welcome to Sinner's Take, another Catholic Guys podcast of which we are the worst. I am Eddie. I'm Alec. And I'm Bobby. Today we are going to be talking about Mass, whether or not it is important to go. So this topic is on the liturgy, on attending Mass. Eddie and I were riffing on and how some of the students we'll talk with if they're having behavior issues during the mass, we'll be like, this is how you act on Sunday. And we'll get this blank stare. Like, well, I don't go on Sunday. And so I'm, we're seeing it more and more. And I think um, all the fun, depressing statistics are out there for every one person that enters the Catholic church, five leave, all sorts of things we know we can do better. But when it comes to the central thing of the mass that we can't really tinker with, you can't really like, overhaul this thing there's something about the mass that is of central importance and if that doesn't get conveyed it's like you miss the whole boat yeah i just thought of a someone should make a, a funny meme off of hydra where it says you know cut one head off three go back and talk about <laughs> hail hydra and then do add one head cut three off <laughs> hail catholics <laughs> um but it's yeah it's definitely i've seen a decline in mass behavior even at just the three years i've been working at this high school and even compared to the, the time when I went there, it's just not the same. And I think a lot of it is kids, they just don't know how to behave. And I think the statistics, I don't know, sometimes I even think they're even maybe even more grimmer than... Sure. And I, I go into a pretty vibrant parish, so it I don't really see it, but it's just not the case, I think, for a lot of places. I You know, the, the term CEO Catholics, uh, you know, Catholic, uh, Christmas, Easter only Catholics, I don't, I don't even think that they're really happy sticking around anymore too i surveyed my classes because uh, it was easter recently and i asked them it was the week after i was like lecturing on just the importance of easter and everything and i was like okay let's start with this how many of you went to a went to mass on sunday and i even opened it up to people who are not catholic like any type of christian at all which is most of my students i said how many of you went to either mass or some sort of christian service on sunday and it was abysmal mm. now I'm talking like out of 22 kids, there was one class I had four. On for Easter. For Easter. And it was, I was completely taken back. You know, there was kids at football tournaments and uh, it's just not a priority anymore. And I, it completely kind of shifted the whole, my whole lesson plan. Because at the very beginning of the week and I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about how, you know, Easter is beautiful. And then I was like, I can't talk about the mass. I can't talk about the Easter vigil because none of them know what it is just had to completely adjust everything about it but i was just remember that was the four out of 22 was the lowest but there was not more than 10 in any of my classes it's a different world in that sense of um for me i know mass was not optional growing up like mass attendance like we went period there was no excuse if we couldn't make a certain time then you go at a different time there wasn't oh i'm not going option box to check and so it's hard to wrap my mind around it. In some ways, I appreciate the honesty of like, listen, if you don't actually buy in and are worshiping, okay, then you worship football. Then you worship your sleep. Then like, at least in some way, you're being honest. However, I want you to be at mass. Like I want there to be a reception of like, like God is here, whether or not we're dialed in or not. So this, this could go on for a couple hours, but I guess I just wanted to riff on like, how do we re... What, what part can we do to help people, young people especially, understand why the Mass? Like, why do I need to go? 
Well, I kind of wanted to touch on what you said because that was going to be my question was, does it seem that the people who are at mass or the young, the kids like that you're teaching who are at mass more want to be there than the ones before and before they may have been better behaved but not necessarily interested and so now the ones who aren't interested just aren't even attending or are misbehaving when they're here very very small minimum uh, minority was where i was thinking of very small minority of people there are some students here who have blown me away like i do feel like because the average discipline and maturity and spirituality of a student has gone down it has created this void for exceptional people to rise up to it. and i've been very impressed with spirituality of, of a select number of students and they're into the mass but for the most part no they're there's it's still this, it's the same uh same type of demographic as before but just even smaller numbers so you wouldn't say that it's just more apparent now like the same number of people weren't interested but now it's more apparent because they're less well behaved and but it used to be you couldn't tell who wasn't interested because they were well behaved where now the ones who aren't interested aren't well behaved or aren't attending at all so it's just more obvious yeah there's some societal standards that are gone now of like you need to worship god or we need to go to a church or this at least older kind of sense of obligation whether or not I really believe I'm into it, we go to church. Like I think right. that is rapidly declining or gone amongst people who are parents now. So it's like if I don't really believe, I'm not going to go. That's, that's the stance, and that naturally then overflows to the child. And it's not this dichotomy of, well, mom goes to church, but dad doesn't. So why should I go? Now it's like we don't go to church, period. And on one hand, on one hand, I appreciate the intellectual honesty of like we don't worship God, therefore we don't go. But on the other hand, that's a great poverty, and there's the societal benefits of like to worship in a common space together. To there's there's studies of like how singing together communally helps bring a community together. Like think about how how many times do you do that? You sing in public with other people in unison. Like it's a rare thing unless you're at a bar. That's that's it. but how like ritualistic and to worship in unison like that brings a, a diverse community together where you've got people from dif different ethnic groups or economic you know ranges and that helps break down barriers that I think when we live in our little self-contained internet bubbles now I only associate with people who are like me that's a, that that creates a poverty and so it's not just behavior um, it's it's that societal effect to it as well as my ability to understand God and receive the divine that is reaching out to me, that is given this great gift of the Eucharist that people are opting out of. And I think just like to have a plea to the par any parents that may be listening is instill that value in your kids because what is the precedent that we're setting for life? If we're saying that mass is not as important or like you said, communal worship, communal vulnerability in that singing and praise of God and giving him what is proper is less important than you sleeping in. I had a student who this breaks my heart. He slept in and his family went to a Christian service and did not wake him up on Easter Sunday. That was one of the kids who didn't go. He said, my family went, I slept in and they didn't, they didn't wake me up. Like what precedent are you setting for your kid? If you're saying sleeping in is more important than giving God glory. 
And so just a little plea to arguably the most important day of yeah. the year. Yeah. I, yeah, I just remember being calendar. like, like, what? And, you know, maybe he didn't tell me the whole story or something, but like, I, I find very hard pressed to find a reason why I think that kid should not have been woken up and taken yeah. to and dragged to service. Yeah. Like we do things we don't always want to do. The body has to fall like starts where the heart isn't always in it. Like that's life. And even if, again, you're missing for a baseball tournament. Okay. What happens when you don't become a professional athlete? I, you've seen I, I, there's not that my kids. My kids will all be. Yeah. My kid will make it. There's that meme where it's like point zero zero one five seven percent of sports athletes actually become professional athletes. hundred percent chance you're going to stand before God <laughs> <laughs> and explain there's a new why wager you didn't, for you. Pascal yeah. never yeah. tell me the odds. <laughs> But yeah, what is Alec? What is your thoughts? Because you were away from the church for a while, and yeah, because I know. yeah, we can go like all heavy theological, but I want this to stay grounded and kind of yeah. like the lived experience of it all. Because yeah, what is your experience with dealing with obviously the most number one objection to why you don't go to mass, uh, with the exception of maybe busyness, is boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the big reasons. So my family, I grew up in the catholic church going to catholic school and we kind of started to have issues in the parish one of the big reasons and i think it's more of uh an excuse that sounded good as opposed to saying why we were really leaving i mean i was in fifth or seventh grade at the time but he said the mass feels more about the ceremony than about the faith and that just now looking back feels like a gross misunderstanding of what we're doing at the mass and what the purpose is but it was just that it was about tradition it was about you just repeat these words at this time and you don't have to be present and you don't have to participate you sit there blank and then you go get in line you get the eucharist you leave so where we ended up running was to a lutheran church and a lutheran school where, you know, they were more on fire and it felt like it was purely about the faith instead of any of the tradition. And my parents felt more welcomed there and engaged there. And of course, that lasted three years before it became CEO and then it became none. <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, yeah. And then it just became no became mass nuns? at all. We came nuns. <laughs> Both of them. Awkward for your dad. <laughs> yeah. But Found a way. Made it work. It's weird now to look back because it hasn't been. And this was one of the things when I was coming back to the faith. And of course, you know, whenever, not whenever, but a lot of the time when you come back to the faith, you're like on fire. Like, yes. So excited. Mass. And then everyone Everyone's telling me, well, j- just wait. Just what honeymoon phase will be over and you won't enjoy mass anymore. It's going to feel like a chore. And it's been years now. And I am glad to honestly say that there has never been a weekend where I was like, oh, I don't want to go to mass or it felt like a chore. And I'm sure, you know, that day might come, probably will. I'm sure there are times where it won't be necessarily easy or as enjoyable. I am still, relatively speaking, in the beginning. It's only been a few years as opposed to a lifetime. But it does feel like having a better understanding of what I'm doing at the Mass has helped that. We need an Alex top 10 reasons that Mass is not boring. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) 
I never became an atheist in college, but I think my first two years of college were also a testing ground of like, okay, I've been raised in this thing. Do I really believe it? And I was really coming to fall in love with God at that point in my life through a really good youth ministry program, Steubenville Conference, and then college campus ministry. But again, my parents aren't making me go, so how am I feeling? And for whatever reason, like I remember like in the spring of my freshman year of college, just in this like weird space. And I didn't go to mass for like two months. Cause I was really just trying to feel like, what do I believe? And, and not again, becoming an atheist, but looking at the arguments, seeing if they held water, went to my friends, um, like non-denominational church. That was like a fellowship of Christian athletes, cross fusion church post. <laughs> I go and sit down and he was, he's a former Catholic. And so he, I go with him, I go to sit down, I put my, go to put my foot up and it just falls to the ground when I'm in the pew. And I'm like, he look, I look, he looks down at me. He's like, there's no kneelers here. And I looked at him like, what? Like you, (laughs) you monster. Like, what is this? Like no stained glass, no statues, nothing anywhere to, to indicate really this place was a church. And I'm just like, okay, this is different. And you know, it was pretty dynamic preaching and obviously very relational, very much about like getting you into small groups and that whole faith sharing, which I think certain parishes are doing a better job at because it does need, there needs to be an individual component and even getting involved in the Jewish student union where I worked, which was a lot of fun and reading the lamb supper by Scott Hahn and helping work Passover, helped me connect the dots to the old Testament and realize, Holy crap, like the mass is Passover again and again and again and again and all these symbols that weren't really explained to me ever growing up or if they were it went like in a way that I didn't get it and through all that for me there was a sense of like this doesn't there's always something missing no matter where I go no matter how I'm I'm checking out these other forms of worship there's always something that I'm not getting and I really came to believe like that's the Eucharist there is nothing else in any other spot of worship that gives you that. And if it's true, what we believe that this is the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ, man, that's a crazy gift. Even if the preaching is awful, even if the music is all over the place, like I get Jesus and I don't get that anywhere else. And so, um, like, that's why I've, I really like, I stick around. I try to keep my sanity when the kids are going nuts and I'm not really in the liturgy I'm just trying to get through it you know it's that's helped me appreciate it more when I do get to go and focus uh and for me it was really this like there's something in it that I do not get anywhere else Mm. and the mass is also not about me and what I quote get out of it it's you know what am I putting into it is is one question to counter with but also like mass is not individual worship it's communal worship which means it's messy which means people sing off key and kids are going crazy like if you want private prayer come early stay late go on your own time like the mass is messy yeah so now being a parent i get the stank looks from like (laughs) people that are like your two-year-old's acting like a two-year-old get that like you must be the worst parent in the world (laughs) and so my heart goes out to parents especially with like young kids and try who actually show up to mass like that's a win I know a good Catholic couple that they, they stopped going to mass for a while because it was just too difficult. And that like, that broke, that broke my heart when I heard that. So explain what's going on at mass. We can all do a better job with that. Be welcoming. 
because even if it doesn't take the form of individual like uh like explosive no the gross but yeah <laughs> even if there's like the mass again is not about me so you want to share your feelings in a small group there's a space to do that the mass really isn't it the mass mm-hmm. is something there's something different going on here uh there is something awesome going on when we're actually given the lens to understand what it is i do think this that's something that has been grossly misunderstood for years now and i would say still to this day is just the idea of the mass and we do such a poor job of really teaching how to pray the mass and really teaching what it is because like you said i never you never knew about like the passover stuff it was never told to you but it was also never told probably to your parents or to right, right. or anybody's parents it's not like there's a secret that people are holding from their kids is that nobody knows nobody's aware of what the mass actually is nobody knows how to properly pray the mass nobody knows the scriptural context of everything that we do and I think that that is a great disservice for the church and, and everything, you know, because people really are just looking for a show nowadays. And that's not groundbreaking news, but it is it's sad. You know, I argue with my students all the time about this. They just they don't understand why we sit, kneel and uh, stop, drop and roll in the middle of mass. And, <laughs> uh, you know, we I do my best to explain to them, like, you know, our bodies are we're body and soul and what we're doing with our bodies is representative and what we're doing in prayer. So there's different stances that we do for different parts of the mass. It always comes back. Well, it's boring. Oh, well, it's boring. And it's just, it's so sad. And I try to tell them that, you know, people say all the time, people aren't, things aren't boring. People are. And like, if you can't spend an hour of prayer with other people and not get something out of it, that's on you. Like you are a boring person. If you find that incredibly boring, they're like, why don't they just make the music better? Why don't they just make the lighting better? And the fact of the matter is, is there is no limit to what the human being can be desensitized to. Mm. I love to use this example with like, I asked a lot of the people, like, how many of you guys have been to Disneyland before? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm like, how many of you guys have been to Disneyland more than 15 times? And, the, you know, a couple of them will raise their hands still. Uh, usually people who have passes or their parents work there or whatever it is. And my dad worked there growing up when I was my whole life growing up. So I always went to Disneyland. And, you know, I can remember with pretty good certainty like the maybe not the first time, but like the first couple times that I watched the fireworks show, and I remember thinking it was the most amazing thing in the world. And nowadays, like, I don't really feel need to go watch the fireworks show, and I'm pretty sure they spend like fifty thousand dollars a night on this fireworks show. It's something like ridiculous like that. And uh, the idea being that it used to be like I, you know, we'd sit and we'd wait for you know two hours to make sure we had a good seat for it, and it was mm-hmm. amazing. Now it's like it's annoying to go to Di- to the Disneyland part of the park during the fireworks because it's too crowded and it's just like i don't need to see the fireworks i don't want to whatever it is and so i have been desensitized to this right here that like we said is a one of the best fireworks shows out there and i already have lost my interest in it and you know obviously i as i've gotten older actually i've come to re-appreciate it in a different way but i don't feel like i need to see it all the time and so you're if you're going to mass every week like there's no hope if there if there's a chance that you're going to get desensitized to and bored of the Disneyland fireworks, there is no hope for mass if if it is a show. Like I said, if they spend even if it's $30,000, even if it's $10,000, you're not going to be able to spend $10,000 at every single mass to put on some sort of show that anyways in a couple of weeks you will we'll get bored of it anyways. So there's no there's no hope for us to not get bored or desensitized if of the mass if we are going in it going to it looking for a show looking for to be entertained 
if that's what it is, of course you're going, if it's all it is, is entertainment and how it makes you feel, of course you're going to skip mass to watch a football game because that is going to be more entertaining. Are you not entertained? Yeah. <laughs> it's the mass is the greatest show. The mass <laughs> is the greatest show, but yeah, we're, we're, you know, like we talked about with the Eucharist, we are there looking for something greater. Something well, that's that is not, beyond. That's not how God tends to work through a firework show. It's the still small voice. It's this, it's a, poor jewish girl it's in these quiet ways does he shake the world and so we have to yeah, re-embrace be willing to get uncomfortable with silence and yeah not entertain because really I, my mind was blown like look entertainment entertain looks um comes from this latin word that where we get entre from spanish which is between to entertain is to be kept in between to be kept in between two things so you're not progressing to anything, to a goal. You're not, again, maybe exercising. You're not becoming a better human being, per se. You're literally just trying to be distracted. You're trying to entertain me is like, keep, just keep me in one place. Like, And the Mass is not about entertaining you. It's about transforming you and then sending you out on mission. So I'm just riffing on that right yeah, on the spot. I feel think... like I should, I'm, I should write that down. Yeah. yeah. But like... <laughs> It can't be entertainment. It shouldn't be entertainment. Like it, sh there should be quality put into the preaching, into the music. You bet, but it's not there to entertain you. Do you think that draws parallels to like exercising? Like people say they want to exercise, but it's hard. They might say, "I want to go to mass, but it's hard." But it is that spiritual growth that comes from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bet. And I think if it's explained well, like this will actually uh, transform you. This frequent communion is going to have an impact on your soul on your spiritual life on your union with christ and if you get that and yeah it may not be you're always stoked about it but you muscle that out and you got to go yeah yeah exactly i mean we go to, we receive the eucharist to transform us and if that's like like i some of my most profound moments in mass is just you know approaching the eucharist you know down the aisles and just praying for whatever it is that i'm struggling with God, transform this brokenness, make this whole again, and praying that over and over and over again, and then receiving. And the idea being that if you are sick, you go and you to the doctor and you receive medicine and it's, you know, what's prescribed. And the, the Eucharist is what makes us whole. So it makes, restores us back to what God intended us to be. And if you want to be healed of whatever it is that is broken inside of you, whatever that sin has twisted or your pride has twisted, Go receive the medicine as frequently as possible, you know, because we and we, we talk a lot about the, you know, the the obligation, the mass obligation. It's an obligation. People get hung up on that word that like I have to go, so therefore I don't want to. But there's a ton of things that you have to do that you want to do. You have to breathe. You have to eat. You have to sleep. And those are some of the favorite. Well, I don't think anyone says I just love breathing, but people love eating and people love sleeping. And the idea being that it's an obligation in the sense that our spirituality will die without it and the thing is is if you're only going once a week even like to try and make semi-regular more than more than uh daily mass attendance semi-regular daily mass attendance the idea being that if you're only going once a week that's like the bare minimum like that's just enough to survive you know you could you could be stranded in the desert and consume enough food to not die but you'll never make it out of the desert you will just continually lie down like you're you're just getting enough nourishment to the point where your body will not die but you don't have enough nourishment to or an, an energy to make a journey out of the desert 
And it's the same thing with the Eucharist. If, and they, you know, it gets complicated with families who have obligations to loved ones and things like that, but, and young kids, but especially like if you are able to, to make regular mass attendance, because that, like I said, that's the bare minimum is once a week, like without once a week, your spiritual life will die. And if you want to start thriving in your spiritual life, you have to be nourished for the journey. Beautiful. Go where the medicine is. I can think of times when I didn't want to go to daily mass. And then, because you and I have had that discussion and that that phrase comes in my head and compels me to go. And I'm always glad. I, I can't think of a time where I said, man, I, I wish I didn't go to mass, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um. And I think we'll have to do more on the Mass because we've talked about, you know, recognizing the importance of why we go to Mass and everything, but we haven't, like, explained it fully. So I think we'll have to revisit this again. Um, but is there anything else you guys want to throw in before we close this out? Create a culture of Mass being important in your families, in your life. If you are young and you have parents who have fallen away, and when you go home to visit or whatever it is, is you you don't go to Mass so as to not upset your parents, don't, you know? I tell my students all the time, uh, like, make a point, walk to Mass if your parents don't want to go. And I guarantee you that will change their hearts. Um, and they're like, well, I can drive. I'm like, no, walk. Prove a point, <laughs> even if you have your driver's license. But just work to create that culture where Mass is an emphasis, where, you know, the whole week is orientated around it instead of something that you just cram in at last minute. And I'd say, maybe say a prayer, like, Lord, help me to see the mass is important. Like help me to understand why I ought to go because I don't like help my unbelief convict my heart that I need to go pray that often and see what starts to happen. And again, the heart sometimes has to follow the body. So we have to force ourselves to get up to work, to get up to exercise. You have to, sometimes I have to go and then the heart will catch up and understand. All right. Well, there you have it. We will revisit Mass again. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. (laughs) Thank you for listening. You will hear us in the next one.